News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now we are joined by Minister for Finance, Michael McGrath. Minister, before we get to the summer statement, um, I have to put it to you about Orty. Uh, Shane mentioned there we spoke to Neve Smith earlier, chair of the Oireachtas Media Committee. She said she struggled to see that the position of the executive board of Orty was tenable. Do you agree? I think it's important that the members of the RT executive board have an opportunity to come before the joint committee today and to give an account of the new information because it is the case that at least some of the information given last week has now been contradicted by additional information provided to the committee. We should acknowledge that this new information has actually been provided by RT to the Oireachtas Committee, but providing inaccurate answers or inaccurate information to an Oireachtas Committee uh, is a serious matter. And I think it is important now that the executives come before uh, Deputy Smith's committee today and provide a full, uh, open and honest account of everything that pertains here. Minister, and you're exactly right, but I'm struggling to think that there's anything other than one of two things going on here. Utter incompetence or a deliberate misleading of these Oireachtas committees. Can you think of a third reason why Ortihi deliberately stated that there was one barter account and now it turns out that there's three? Well, there was a very explicit answer given last week to the question about whether there were any additional barter accounts. And uh, you know, you, you can only assume that the uh, answer given was based on the information available at that time uh, to, to those who answered the question. But new information has now been furnished by RT. It contradicts the evidence given last week. And at a time when RT is really scrambling and struggling uh, to get to grips with this crisis, uh, that is deeply unfortunate. So it just means the stakes are all the higher today. They have to come before the committee and put all of the information on the table. That's the only way for RT to navigate their way through all of this now. It's just to be fully upfront, open and honest with the committee, provide all the information. And even if some of it and some of the answers are deeply unpalatable, um, it's the only way that they can possibly recover uh, from what is now a serious situation. Yeah, but Minister, you yourself are a chartered accountant. We were speaking last week in those committees to the chief financial officer, to the commercial director. If they don't have the information on what kind of accounts RT is holding, who, who has it? I mean, how could it even be the case that they don't have the information? Who would set up the barter account other than the people who were in that room? Uh, of course, they should have it because I think it was a question that could easily have been anticipated, given that the barter account in question, the one uh, that, that emerged a couple of weeks ago, uh, was at the very heart of the controversy in relation to uh, the concealed payments to Ryan Tuberty. So a very obvious question was going to be asked yeah. about whether there were other accounts and the fact that they didn't have that information. Well, uh, they actually said that they did that, and that there was one. I mean, Catherine Murphy asked them, you know, can we have right. details on the Barsha account? They said the transaction. She said, no, how, how many accounts are there? And they were. it was stated by the Chief Financial Officer of RTE, who we now know earns over 200 grand a year, there's only one account. Yeah, the answer couldn't have been more straightforward and clearly it was wrong. It was inaccurate and this is a further embarrassment for RT uh, coming in the midst of uh, what is a very serious crisis for them and it's just not good enough and they will be uh, faced with, you know, a vigorous questioning today by the committee members and they will have to give a proper okay. explanation as to why the information given last week uh, was simply inaccurate. Minister, as a chartered accountant, do you think the way she is running their accounts is normal? Uh, well, of course it's not, based on the information that we have available to us. 
the way in which the uh, initial barter account that we learned about a couple of weeks ago uh, was being used uh, is not in accordance with normal commercial practice. Um, I actually worked as financial controller in a commercial radio station before I went into politics. And so I know that barter accounts or contra accounts, as we would have called them, uh, are a normal part of commercial practice. But... Uh, not for the the, the type of uh, transactions an RTE uh, appear to have been booking through those accounts. And uh, that is why the Minister has uh, decided now, in addition to the two independent reviews, uh, to empower a forensic accountant under the Broadcasting Act uh, to go in and get the answers that she and the government need. And just lastly, before we move on, uh, before we we do want to get to to, to the economy... uh, Things like the fact that at the same time as the, the future of Lyric FM was being debated, Lyric FM is one aspect of RT that you might say truly has a public service remit because you don't hear that kind of music anywhere else. It's not like 2FM. You can hear the 2FM music across the board on, on your dial anywhere you like. But Lyric FM, they, that was being debated its future at the same time as 70 people were being wined and dined at vast expense in the K-Club at the exact same time. Has Orty, the culture of Orty, lost sight of its public service, uh, I, I suppose, remit? It, it, has the commercial thing skewed their thinking? Well, it, it, it does appear uh, that there is evidence uh, to point to that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with commercial activity and we all know where there's commercial activity there will always be, be a degree of hospitality and entertainment but you know it has to be proportionate and it also has to be uh, consistent with the wider management of the organization and where there are serious financial um, uh, sustainability concerns about the running of an organization and cutbacks cutbacks and salary cuts are being asked uh, of others across the organization then that has to be reflected in all arms and all facets of the way the organization is run and it would appear that in this case um, and that was not uh, what was being done. And again, you know, they're going to have to answer for all of this today. OK, Minister, thank you for all of that, because I do want to move on to your own bailiwick now. The, the 5% government spending rule that yourself and Pascal O'Donoghue um, uh, brought in, what was the rationale behind that? Uh, the rationale behind that was to ensure that uh, core expenditure grew uh, in line with the growth of the economy and in line with inflation. So that was a rule that we devised back in 2021, uh, which was absolutely appropriate at the time. Uh, It is also appropriate to adapt that rule in light of uh, fresh economic circumstances. And so we made an adjustment uh, last year because of uh, the nature of inflation, which averaged about 8% last year. And we're making a modest adjustment to it for budget 2024 because inflation, which is a key uh, component of that overall spending rule, remains well above trend. Okay, so, so, so core uh, spending increased by 6.1% this time around. Um, uh, the, explain to us then why this is a, a good idea. If 5% was once a good idea and is no longer a good idea for various reasons, what is, what is the rationale behind the 6.1% behind breaking the rule? because it's vital to protect the real value of investment in public services uh, and to ensure that in addition to meeting uh, the costs associated with a growing economy, changing demographics, a growing population, uh, that we will have sufficient resources uh, to make sure uh, that people's living standards are protected at a time of high inflation. And across the last 12 months, we know we've experienced really high inflation. That has put a lot of pressure on households. We've responded with about 12 billion euro of extra measures in the last 18 months. Um, But I am satisfied that this is the appropriate stance for the government to adopt. Even though the, the increased spending may in fact contribute to inflation? 
uh, only very modestly and we've considered this very carefully and I would point to the evidence of the way in which we have managed the economy. So we would have adjusted fiscal policy during COVID-19 and uh, because it was appropriate. We've now had to adjust it uh, in light of the level of inflation that we're seeing. But as against uh, the departure from the rule, what I would put alongside that is the fact that last year uh, we achieved a budget surplus of €8 million. Euro. This year we believe it will be of the order of €10 billion euro. and even after the change that we are planning to budgetary policy next year uh, we expect to achieve a surplus of around €12 billion euro, which means in effect, Kira, that all of the windfall corporation tax revenues uh, are being saved. Okay. And what that uh, just, just, I, and I hear what you're saying that, that the 6.1 will only modestly contribute to inflation but I've heard the argument that we have to do this to protect people on fixed income. How does doing anything that is going to contribute to inflation protect people on a fixed income? Because the value of the extra billion euro that's going from 5% to 6.1% gives us, uh, gives us the capacity uh, and the headroom uh, to assist people who really need help. And so, of course, much depends on what you do with that money and the decisions that you make. So overall, in the context of an economy, uh, the next year will produce economic output of about 600 billion euro, uh, an extra 1 billion euro of spending uh, in the view of the department, my own officials, um, advise me that it will potentially add okay. up to 0.2% uh, to inflation. Uh, so it's so too small to have, money, an, have an impact. Um, Can I ask you about the, the overall spending? This this package uh, of 6.4, it's 5.3 uh, on spending, 1.1 on taxation. The 5.3 on spending, do we know yet how much of those are going to be one-off measures? So we have made no decision about one-off measures at this point. Uh, that is a decision that we make uh, through September and into October, uh, depending on the situation then with the okay. cost of living and with inflation. So the 6.4 billion uh, comprising tax and expenditure is the uh, the core permanent change. Uh, so that's the overall package, which then okay. in effect goes into the base. Minister of Finance Michael McGrath, thank you for speaking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.